Good morning. I told y'all I was going to stick with good morning. I don't want to get settled. I don't want to get settled. It's good to see you guys. Uh, one announcement that I wanted to make that wasn't in the bulletin, uh, we've shared it with partners, and tomorrow we'll share it publicly, um, but we have hired our next-gen position. And yeah, that is a great, really is a great praise. Uh, and he will be joining us, Jalen Gardner is his name, he'll be joining us uh, hopefully October the 1st um, at our, our service here. Uh, and yes, we will still be here for maybe the next three years. Um, it feels that way. I have no idea on the building. But anyway, be praying. It is a praise uh, that, that we have um, the hire made and a prayer request as well. Just pray for Jalen, uh, his transition and getting here and um, us bringing him into the family and all of that good stuff. Okay, so um, we are in um, a, a, a new sermon series, and we have worked through a couple of um, really important foundational things over the last couple of weeks in this series, Everyday Jesus. Um, we've seen that every believer is sent as a missionary. If you are a believer, you are also a missionary. Um, some, some missionaries are sent far away to very far away places. Other missionaries, um, you're a missionary even in your hometown. So whether we go far away or we stay right here in our hometown, we are all missionaries if we are believers. Last week we talked about what it meant to be on mission. And we talked about the fact that serving or living a life that is, that is nice right? Being nice people, being um, morally good people, uh, that is not the mission. The mission requires us using actual words, us sharing the gospel, proclaiming the excellencies uh, of Jesus who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We have to proclaim serving is great, being morally upright is great. Those are, those are great things, but I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that words are required. We need to tell people that Jesus saves, and we need to tell people how it is that Jesus saves. That's the mission. Now, we're going to build on that foundation by beginning now to look at the life of Jesus and, and just sort of asking questions. When, when was Jesus on mission? What did it look like for him to be on mission? What did his life look like? My hope in all of that is that um, as we look more closely at the life of Jesus as a missionary, that we might become more mindful of being missionaries, that we might become better missionaries in our day-to-day -day lives. I think whether you are someone who God may call to a faraway place or you are someone who will live the rest of your life here in this place, I think either way, there's a lot that we can learn from the greatest missionary ever in his everyday life. So that's what this series is about. This week, we're in John chapter 2, where we will see uh, that Jesus celebrated with friends. Jesus celebrated with friends. I, I love the way that John starts the ministry of Jesus. I love that he starts the ministry of Jesus with a celebration. 
I, I love that Jesus chose to reveal Himself, according to John and John's gospel, that Jesus um, chose to reveal Himself to those who were closest to Him at a, at a life celebration, right? Something that we, we celebrate in life. And, and He did that. Jesus did that while He cared for and met the needs of family and friends. So I'm, I get ahead of myself a little bit there. Let's start with this. Jesus went to weddings. How many of you have been to a wedding? Okay, I just want to make a connection. Jesus went to weddings. Um, Let me read John chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, I want to pause right there because I want to talk a little, bit, a little bit about weddings. Weddings are meant to be a celebration, right? Yes? Weddings are meant to be a celebration. Two people are coming together as one, a husband and a wife. Um, this is uh, the creation of God. God created us for marriage, right? Man and woman, husband and wife. God created us for marriage, and marriage itself is created for us, for our good and for our enjoyment as well. And so when, when two come together as one and they are giving their lives to one another, um, this is something to be celebrated. Weddings are indeed a celebration. Weddings in Jesus' day, now they were for real celebrations, I've been to some weddings that were really big celebrations. In Jesus' day, they were really big celebrations. Now, I don't mean drunkenness, debauchery, all that. Um, I just mean a really huge celebration. Marriages in Jesus' day usually lasted for a week. Right, the the, the ceremony took a, a whole week, and, and um, they started. So the week would start. There was an engagement period, and when the engagement period was over, and it was time for the wedding and the celebration of the wedding, then the groom would go to his bride to be's house to get her. Now, don't don't miss this. Um, He's going to her home to get her. Think about, as I'm telling you this, about Jesus coming for his bride, because that's what this is a picture of. It, It is a picture that's meant to point to the day that Jesus comes for us believers, his bride. What an incredible day that's gonna be. What an amazing celebration that that's gonna be. So the weddings then were pointing to this day, this promised day when the Savior would come and there would be a great wedding feast. So the groom comes for the bride and he doesn't come alone like the whole wedding party. Everybody who is a part of the wedding party, the feast, the celebration, everybody comes with him. And so they come and they get her and then they go to the place where the ceremony and the celebration is going to take place. And as they're doing that, going through the streets, it's like a whole wedding parade. Do you get the picture of that? It is incredible to me. You know, there is, there is laughter and there's cheering and, and people who, who didn't know the family or don't know the families, they're seeing this, this whole wedding parade 
go down the street and everybody in the town or city would know exactly what was taking place. So they, they come to the place and, and, and there for a week they are together. And over this week there, there are games and celebrations and dancing and feasting. Now, you, you know I like to eat. So this was amazing, like a week-long celebration of, of, of specially prepared meals. And they were, it was like a, a, a huge banquet every day, all day, and into the night. They, 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 they were feasting, genuine feasting. Wine, the wine was a part of this feast and this celebration, and it was feasting and it was wine all day and, and into the night, literally for days. It was just, and, and I don't want you to get the picture of drunkenness and, and that sort of thing. It was just a huge celebration. A huge celebrations where these families and friends were gathered together to celebrate this, this huge event where two people were, were, were married and becoming one. Jesus and his family had been invited to, to a wedding like that a huge uh, week of celebration. Jesus and his family and his disciples had been invited and they were there and they were there to celebrate. So look at verse three then. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So during the celebration, they ran out of wine. Some people have speculated that this is probably because this was a poorer family who was, um, who was, who was putting this, this feast on, the wedding on. Um, they, they suggest that because Jesus' family and Jesus himself and the disciples had been invited there, and so they were not very wealthy. It's likely that they were, they were running in the same group of people. They shared a similar status in their, in their society. But poor or not, it doesn't matter. Running out of wine in the middle of the wedding would have been an absolute embarrassment for them. Like this was meant to be a huge celebration. This was meant to be, in, in, in the, the Jewish world, this was meant to be a celebration that pointed to the day that the king came and rescued his people. That God was bringing his people to himself. So this would have been a terrible embarrassment for the family. And most likely the celebration, if not just taking on a different tone, it may have completely ended. So Jesus' mom tells him what has happened. Jesus says, listen, it's not time for me to reveal myself. He probably means in a big public way to, to reveal who he is. Mary tells the workers, right, we don't have any, any evidence there's an argument or a discussion. Mary just turns and tells the workers at the wedding, hey, do whatever he says. Whatever Jesus says, you guys do. Verse 6, now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them, they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had, who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves good wine first, 
And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you, you have kept the good wine until now. So Jesus steps in. The servants still up, fill up these six water jars, 150 gallons or more of that. And, and, and Jesus turns the water into wine, his first, his first public miracle. When the master of the wedding tastes it, he is absolutely blown away by, by what, what he is tasting. Jesus then, by doing this, not only prevents the family from the embarrassment of running out of wine, but he turns the whole thing 180 degrees around, right? Instead of of, of failure and embarrassment, this is the best wine of the entire celebration. Usually, the best wine is served first, and as things go along and the celebration goes on, no one would really notice that the wine has, 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 has gone down, the quality has diminished. But here, Jesus delivers the very best. Not only is the wedding celebration saved, but the wedding master is amazed by the family's generosity in saving the best for last. So the family is then lifted up, and the people view the family as even more favorable. So Jesus went to weddings. That's the the main point there. We we describe the wedding, but Jesus went to weddings. I I, I want to drill in a little bit more deeply, if we can, on, on what we see, what we might see that Jesus did at the wedding. The first one is pretty simple. Jesus celebrated. Now, it seems that Jesus did more than just make an appearance at this wedding. Do you ever do that? Just make an appearance? Is that just me? Yeah, I see a few of you nodding your heads. Like, like going seems like an obligation, and so you are there so that you can just show your support and, and be there, but, but you're not really celebrating. Um, Jesus celebrated. Like, like Jesus was, was, was there. This was a, a party. It was a huge celebration. And, and, and Jesus wasn't just making an appearance. Jesus was actually a part of it. Here's the second thing, I think. Jesus showed compassion and kindness. He understood what happened with his friends. And, and the guests, what would happen if the wine ran out? E- embarrassment, the end of the celebration, not the best way for this couple to start their wedding, right? Not the best way at all. Um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't time for Jesus to go public with who he is. He said that. But in compassion and kindness, Jesus acted, and he acted on behalf of these friends and family. He showed compassion and kindness. Jesus served. He he met the, the needs of the family there at the wedding. He served them by turning the, the water into wine. Jesus gave abundantly. It didn't, it didn't have to be six jugs filled to the brim, but that's what Jesus did. 
He, he, he filled six jugs, as many as there were available. He had them to fill them with water, fill them all the way to the brim, right? So you, you, you picture it as if they are filled to the top and maybe even to the point of overflowing. That, that's what Jesus did, had them fill it to the brim, overflowing, and then he turned it into wine. Not bad wine, he turned it into really good wine. He turned it into the best wine. It, it was from Jesus, even though it wasn't his time to reveal himself, it was from Jesus a gracious and abundant gift. Jesus lifted up his friends. Jesus didn't need credit for this, to take credit for, for giving them such a gracious and kind and incredible gift. No one needed to know what Jesus had done. He was fine with the master of the wedding um, thinking that the family had just saved the best for last, that Jesus was fine with them getting all the credit in that way. Jesus didn't need any credit. And the reason why is because it wasn't about Jesus. The wedding, the wedding itself was not about Jesus. This was their wedding, and he was there to celebrate with them. It was about them. It was their day. It was their celebration. It was their marriage to celebrate, and Jesus was there to celebrate that with them. Jesus lifted up his friends. Jesus demonstrated then who he was. Verse 11, verse 11 says this, the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. And his disciples believed in him. This is where Jesus' words and deed, we talked about words and deeds last week, that we, we can't just be about deeds. We have to have the words that uh, accompany those deeds. This is where Jesus' deeds and, and, and his words met perfectly. The disciples believed when they saw, they believed who Jesus was. They, they, they believed all that Jesus had told them. Now, we might look at these verses and say, Pastor Keith, nowhere in here um, does it say anything about Jesus telling them who he is or what he has come to do. There is no gospel proclamation like we talked about last week, and you would be right, it's not here, but if you turn your Bible back one page to the previous chapter, at the very end, you'll see it there. L let, me, let me read these verses from chapter 1. Beginning in verse 43, the next day, this was before the wedding, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and all the prophets wrote. His name, he is saying, is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, these disciples of Jesus are talking to other potential disciples of Jesus, and they're saying, hey, we found the promised one. We, we have found the one that all of Scripture has talked about. We have found the Messiah, the one who will redeem us from our sins. We found the promised one. 
the promised one who will come as a king and set up God's kingdom, forgiving our sin and bringing us to him, establishing the kingdom of God where there is, where there is peace and there is prosperity and, and, and righteousness. He will rule in righteousness. All of those promises from the Old Testament, they are saying, we have found him. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Now, in addition to this, this, this whole, um, all of the prophecies of the Old Testament pointing to Jesus and these other disciples saying, we have found him, Jesus has been saying the same things to them, like, I am the one that the prophets spoke of. I, I am the king who was promised by God. And Jesus here says, listen, you will see even more than this. You will see heaven opened up and ain't the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Son of Man was a messianic title, and Jesus was saying to, to all of those disciples there, I am him. I am the one, the promised one. Jesus had been sharing the good news. That's what I'm getting at, right? Right Before we even get to the wedding, in the verses preceding that chapter, we see that Jesus is proclaiming the good news of who he is and what he's come to do to his disciples, and they believed. They believed this good news. They, they, they saw it. They saw it there at the wedding. As he celebrated, as he served, as he cared, as he gave graciously, and then as he did what, what only God could do, turning the water into wine. The kingdom of God was at hand, and they were witnessing that. So, let's talk a little bit about our everyday opportunities to celebrate, right? Most of us have probably heard the wedding of, uh, of the wedding at Cana and, and what Jesus did in turning the water into wine. You guys have heard of that? Probably debated whether it was grape juice or wine. Ah. <laughs> We're familiar with the story, right? But, but, but what about the story? What, 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 what we see in here that we should take away, our, our own everyday opportunities to celebrate. Now, I'm going to tell you at this point, I think this sermon is mostly for me. I tell you all that sometimes, and 100%, I mean that. I, I, this, this sermon is, is, is for me, so welcome to me preaching to me. That's what this is. I, I don't celebrate very well. That's a confession. I, I don't celebrate very well at all, and I don't like that. 
And so as I think about Jesus celebrating and how he celebrated, and, and, and truthfully, a lot, of, a lot of what I see here is, is what I imagine because of what these weddings were and Jesus was there and present and the things that he did at the wedding. I, I, I am convicted. I'm convicted because Jesus truly celebrated. I, I go to weddings. I... I I do weddings, right? I, I am the officiant at weddings. I, I go to family weddings. I go to friends' weddings. I go to weddings now of my, my friends' kids. I don't celebrate enough. And I certainly don't celebrate like Jesus. So I, I want to wrap this up, and I am, I am telling you this is, this, is, this is about me and my thoughts this week and where God has had me when it comes to celebrating and, and the celebrations of life. What if, what if I really, really, really and truly viewed weddings as the celebration that they are? What if it wasn't just something else on my calendar, but what if I viewed weddings like they, like, like they really are, what they, what they really are in, in the kingdom of God, what they are as a gift from God, a, a celebration, a celebration of people, friends and family who are making this huge lifelong decision to, to spend the rest of their life with someone, to spend the rest of their life caring for someone. What if, what if I viewed this as, as, a, as a celebration of what God has given? Like, like marriage is meant to be a gift. Adam and Eve, Adam was created and, 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 and he, was, he was alone. Eve became his wife. God created Eve, his helpmate, to complete Adam. Listen, that doesn't mean that Eve was complete either. Neither of them was complete alone. God created us for one another, and marriage is a gift from God. What if I celebrated, like if I really viewed weddings that way and marriages that way, what a celebration of the beautiful gift that God has given to us. A celebration of, 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 of friendship, a celebration of belonging, right? E even, listen to me, even the, the wedding invitation itself, again, this is me. You guys may think on this and you may think, yeah, I go to every wedding that way. I don't. You know, what, 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 if, I, what if I really took the time to think about the fact that, that someone has cared enough about me to invite me to this? this big event in their life or in their, in their kid's life, that they have invited me to participate in the covenant that the two of them are making, that, that, that I am valued enough that someone desired that I was there. Man, how beautiful is that? That I have a place to belong that I have friends and friendship. What, what if my friends knew when I was there at, at, at the wedding, what, what, what if I really was like, like excited for them? And, and, and what, if they, what if they knew how excited that I was for them or, or, or for their kids? What if they knew how honored that I was to be a part of such a special day? 
I want to celebrate like I imagine Jesus celebrating. That's that's how I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate with, 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 with laughter and dancing, not just making an appearance. I, I want to I genuinely celebrate. I, I want to be like Jesus and show kindness and compassion and, and to serve, to serve when there is opportunity. I want to be like Jesus and, and celebrate and be a part of the celebration. What if I, what if I gave abundantly and, and graciously and, and thoughtfully with, with love for the friends and the family who, who was getting married? Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about going all out money-wise on a gift. It doesn't have to be the most expensive gift to, to be, or even close to that, to be one of the most thoughtful gifts. What if I, what if I just did that instead of just fulfilling my duty to get a, a gift? Here's an idea that I had, again, for myself. What if, what if, what if, what if I prayed over the gift before I wrapped it up to give to them and deliver it? What if I, what if I prayed for the, the glass that I was giving them to drink out of? What if I, what if I prayed that the, the glass that I was giving them would, would serve that couple and their friends and their family for, for many, many, many years and, and through many, many, many joyful celebrations of their own? What if, I, what if I prayed that it would, it, would, it would be there, that glass, for their own birthdays and maybe for the birth of their kids and maybe for the birthdays of their kids? And I, and I prayed that that, that that simple glass would be a part of their life when they, when they shared the gospel with people who came to their home. And my gift, my gift is not just, just a glass anymore. It's the gift of prayers. The gift of prayers for new friends and new family and a life filled with celebrating. Even better, what if I wrote that prayer out? What if I wrote that prayer out to give to to my friends and and my family? What if I demonstrated who Jesus is? You know, Jesus, Jesus demonstrated who, who he was, and I am being shaped into the image of Jesus. What, what, what if in this wedding, what if in this wedding they, they saw that? What if they saw me shaped into the image of, of Jesus? What if my handshake of congratulations was, was genuinely full of life and joy? What if the hug that they got from me was the most loving and kind and genuinely joyful hug that they had the entire day? What if, what if my smile showed the true joy of celebration that, 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 that filled my heart for this couple? What if, what if when they asked for highlighted Bible verses, as some couples do, what, what if that was met with, with joyful and thoughtful enthusiasm from me? What if I danced and, and laughed and ate and celebrated, and at the end of the night, listen to me, at the end of the night, what if I thank the family for reminding me, for reminding me that weddings give us a glimpse of Jesus and the celebration that is coming? When he will come and take us, his bride. And we will, we will be adorned 
beautiful, like the bride that day is beautiful. And, and, and what, if, what, if, what if I could tell them thank you for, for reminding me of the, of the wedding supper of the lamb that, that, that is still to come? The, the feast that we will have that day, the celebration that we will have that will last not for a, a night or for a week, but forevermore in the presence of our Father. What if I told them that I hoped that they experienced a taste of the joy that will one day be theirs as well? Verse 11 says that the disciples, seeing what Jesus did, believed in him. They, they saw him for who he was. They believed the things that he had said about him, himself um, be, before that night. They, they believed. They saw his deeds matching his words, and they believed. And listen to me, an ordinary wedding, an ordinary wedding, because that's what it was, an ordinary wedding, another everyday wedding became the place where some believed. I want to celebrate like that. I want to celebrate like Jesus. I, I want to write genuine, heartfelt cards to the bride and the groom, cards that point them to, to his beauty, to the beauty of Jesus. I want, to share, I want to share words of wisdom and encouragement that remind others of the greatest gift of all, and that's, that's him. And, and listen to me, I, I want to be better at this in the everyday, the everyday, not just weddings, not, not just weddings. I, I want to be this way with birthdays. I, I want to celebrate birthdays like this and, and job promotions and retirements and kids winning their football game or their, their soccer game or, or getting the role that they wanted in their school play. I want, to be, I want to be gracious and joyful in those moments. I want to be as, as gracious and as joyful as I think that Jesus was at this wedding. As gracious and joyful as I believe the Father is with us. And not just in my deeds, right? <laughs> I've seen some of y'all at weddings. You celebrate well. but I don't just mean in my deeds. I really want my words to flow with the sweetness of Jesus and with gospel connection. I want to point them to Jesus. I want to celebrate like Jesus. What about you? Here is where you make the application for your life. That, that's, I have just made like, I don't know how many minutes that was, of confession to you. And, and what, I, what I want in my own life because of what I see in Jesus, here is where you have to make this application in your own life. How well do you celebrate? R really, better than that, 
Do you celebrate like Jesus? How could you? Right? Like, like, like don't leave here and, and say, God, that sermon was terrible or, or that sermon was great. How can you celebrate in the everyday more like Jesus? How can your celebration of births and birthdays and job promotions and, and winning games, how can those celebrations connect others with the, the beauty and the love and the grace of Jesus? How can, they, how can they connect with the gospel? This is mission in the everyday. It, it isn't that you and I have to always add a special event to our life. Do you, do you hear me? We, we, don't, we don't have to add a special event to our life. We get invited to birthday parties. Our kids are at ball games. We, we get invited to weddings. We're, 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 we're not adding special events to our lives. Maybe it's as simple as learning to celebrate in the everyday like Jesus did. This, this is what we mean by being on mission as you go. A missionary as you go about your life. I can't make those applications for you. But you can. Let's pray. Father, I, I, I do truly desire to celebrate like Jesus. And I pray for us, I pray for us, New City Church, that we would be a church, a church who celebrates, who celebrates the good work that you do in our midst, who celebrate the, the gift that we have in family and friends who are here. I, I, want, I want to be better. Father, it's celebrating the gracious gifts that you give us in our everyday lives, like Jesus. So Holy Spirit, help. Help me. Teach me. Teach me to be a better celebrator. Teach me. Give me the words Jesus said that you would. Give me the words to help make those connections with my friends and my family. Remind me, remind me again and again and again that Jesus went to weddings and it was there that he chose to reveal himself to a few and they believed. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.